Good morning, and welcome to this edition of A Public Affair on KGNU with the Community Foundation of Boulder County. I'm your host, Jim Williams, and I'm a trustee of your Community Foundation for Boulder County. This morning, we're going to be discussing equity in the startup world. Joining me for this conversation are Aaron Clark. He is the founder and CEO of Equity Solutions, a firm focused on empowering individuals and leaders to create a more equitable society. And I'm also joined by Mads Weibel, Director of Pledge 1% Colorado, a program of the Community Foundation of Boulder County. So I want to thank both of you for taking time to be with us today. Let's start the stage for our listeners. Matt, I know that you understand what I mean when I say I introduced today's topic as, quote, equity in the startup world, unquote. Pledge 1% Colorado works with entrepreneurs to increase philanthropy in Detroit, I mean, excuse me, a previous reference to somewhere else I used to live, uh, to increase philanthropy in Denver metro communities. How does Pledge 1% do that? And how does equity come into that picture? Matt? Yeah, thanks, Jim. Um, so uh, the, the, the short story here is um, we make it simple for entrepreneurs to give back to their community through their business. Um, equity plays a really interesting role because we sort of see this as two separate definitions. Um, the first of which is more the financial instrument that we've been really focused on for the last uh, 12 years, give or take, since our inception. Um, Startups grow quickly um, and they're quite nimble and they need as many resources as they can to build their business. Um, when Pledge was started, uh, there was a company that was thinking about how do we give back to our community here in Boulder County um, without turning away profits or revenue from a growing business. The resource that they landed on was equity as a financial instrument, um, also known as uh, a number of shares in the company. Um, to sort of put a flag in the ground on behalf of the community and say, hey, if we're successful as a company, uh, we want to make sure that the community more broadly, including nonprofits, um, have a part in that success. So that's really what we've been focused on for the last 12 or so years. Um, it was about three years ago when I started. I, I came from the startup world. Um, so the idea of social equity was really not even on my radar. Um, but I put a note in my phone uh, that I found about a year ago um, that said, find a connection between financial equity and social equity. Um, and so that's really what, what led us to today. Um, equity means a lot of different things depending on what focus area that you are looking at. Um, but for us, it's, 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 it's really ultimately making sure that folks have um, access to the resources that they need um, to be uh, as full of a human and as successful as a human as they possibly can be. Um, what that means in the startup world is really focused on inclusion and diversity at these companies um, and creating more equitable policies and practices um, that they can use uh, to further build a great business. 
Um, so that's sort of what we're moving into. And that's, and that's really the connection point. Um, it came from a random conversation three years ago that I overheard at the foundation. Um, and here we are. So for those who do pledge to 1%, Matt, is it an annual pledge? Good question. So there's a lot of different ways of pledging. Um, like I mentioned, we do have uh, an equity pledge, which is sort of for the entire lifetime of a company. Um, and that's really just, again, setting aside a number of shares and saying, hey, we want to commit this to the, to the community down the road when we find success. Uh, there are other companies that don't go the traditional, more venture capital-backed uh, pathway for a business. Uh, some companies just do 1% of their annual profit or 1% of their annual revenue. Um, some companies also do 1% of their product, if it makes sense to be giving that back to the community. Um, and lastly, some companies do 1% of their time. Uh, so getting out in the community and volunteering. Oh, so they get to choose which way they want to join the initiative. Exactly. Yes. I would say more than 50% of our companies have made some sort of equity pledge, either on behalf of the entire company or on behalf of the founders themselves. Um, it tends to be sort of the, the quote-unquote easiest way to do it, um, as it doesn't require taking out resources from a growing business. And the, and the 1% can come in various ways, correct? It's not just always funds. It's, it's time. Uh, it's participation. It's joining a leadership initiative. It, can you say more about what the startup community is like here in, in Metro Denver? Absolutely. So I would say broadly speaking, um, there's a lot of different ways to give uh, and it's not limited to financial resources. So again, going back to that idea of time, that could look like a company going out for a volunteer day um, and going to support a local nonprofit. It can also look like a founder joining a board um, and really getting them involved in the nonprofit community. Um, I'd, I'd say that a, a broad look at the work that we do is try to create that bridge between the for-profit and the nonprofit community. Um, so, yeah, and I think, you know, as, as an aside to that, it's also just about companies getting creative um, and doing what they do best and thinking about sort of what their impact on the community will be um, and, and how to best utilize their unique set of resources to um, support their community. So what has been the impact of the pandemic on Pledge 1%? Yeah, so I guess we can start with um, the companies. I think uh, for the first few months of the stay-at-home order, there's been a big focus on just figuring out what that new normal looks like for, for the startups that are in our network. Um, that's number one. Uh, and number two, I think um, from the conversations that I've been having over the last few weeks, now that folks have really sort of settled in, um, there's been a shift in understanding, I would say, um, in terms of what opportunities companies have to give. Um, you know, I think, uh, you know, we, we, we've sort of got two opportunities right now that relate to, you know, philanthropic giving and giving of time. Um, obviously, we've got COVID um, and the pandemic that's ongoing. Uh, and we've got uh, BLM, Black Lives Matter, and, and trying to really uplift um, voices that have been historically uh, oppressed and marginalized. Um, companies are, are looking themselves in the mirror and asking themselves really hard questions and thinking to themselves, well, we do have resources, we are growing, we do have an employee base. You know, what does it mean for us to be involved and stay involved in this? And one of those ways is through philanthropy, and the other way is through education. 
Give, give us an example of what one of your company partners is contributing to. What have they decided to give to? Yeah, great question. So over the course of the last 12 years, our companies have created north of $10 million. It's gone back to predominantly local nonprofits. Um, and, you know, this is anything from, uh, you know, back in 2013, flood relief to uh, some of the, the, the biggest and brightest nonprofits in our area, um, EFA and Bridge House. Um, it also involves more recently something new, which is a bit more on employee matching. Um, so uh, we've actually seen an uptick in requests and conversations about, um, hey, you know, we've got 30 employees um, and we want to make sure that everybody has the opportunity to give based on the success of the company. So uh, for example, there's one company that says, you know, up to $300, we will match your donation to any nonprofit. Um, so seeing Great. that impact sort of grow has been beneficial. Great. Great. Well, you know, we've, uh, we're lucky to have Aaron with us this morning. Uh, again, I want to introduce Aaron as the founder and the CEO of Equity Solutions. And the first thing we need to ask him is to tell us a little bit more about Equity Solutions and how it got started. Thank you, Jim, and thank you, Matt. Um, Equity Solutions got started largely after a couple conversations with Matt uh, two years ago. Uh, we were starting, or I was starting, to launch what is now the DEI, Diversity, Equity, Inclusion Track, for Boulder Startup Week here in Boulder. And Matt and I and a couple of our colleagues were having conversations around what we felt the community needed in terms of equity and diversity education here in Boulder and the startup uh, scene. And we put together a docket of great events and speakers, but we immediately recognized that we needed more. And that once those five days of sessions were finished and the work that we had, you know, accomplished were finished, we still would need another way to keep the conversation going amongst um, our community. And I knew that one of the answers were getting these startup communities engaged and working with equity consultants. And so I started talking to very early a number of people that I knew that were equity consultants. And uh, for those of you that don't know, an equity consultant is similar to uh, your CPA or your lawyer or something like that, that they come in and work with you and your organization on uh, your culture, uh, your hiring practices, um, your internal operations to make sure that they're in equitable uh, format. And so these consultants, you know, across the nation are what some of us know as our bread and butter in terms of really helping uh, to create a more equitable society um, you know, that we want. And so I started to gather a roster of these folks and that formed equity solutions because we realized that there was a, a need for connecting companies with consultants and then offering other services, uh, and it sort of took off um, from there. Thank you. Um, I'm going to take a minute to thank our listeners this morning for tuning into KGNU's of Public Affair. Aaron Clark, founder and CEO of Equity Solutions, and Matt Zweibel, director of Pledge 1% Colorado, are with me. We're discussing building inclusion and equity in the startup community. 
So I'll go back to Aaron now and ask him if this is a new idea and if he finds many companies thirsty for this sort of training and education. And I'm assuming, Aaron, that some of that training and education uh, is provided by these equity mentors, or is, is, is your company um, a company that has a group of such people who provide that training and education? To answer your question, no, it's not new. Um, this has been existing for some time, especially in the tech startup world. There are many solutions towards educating people around diversity, equity, and inclusion. Um, there are great consulting firms um, out there that, that we recommend all the time that will help your organization. They're independent consultants. Um, this is not new. We just wanted to create a new way to offer it. And one of the ways that we've done that is Matt and I have, uh, for the last two years, been um, building a platform, an education platform that we call DEI Today, which is, stands for Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion uh, Today. And this app is our way of providing tech leaders, influencers, startup leaders, uh, and engineering managers a way to level up on diversity, equity, and inclusion in their free time. We know that an app or platform is not the end result or the end answer, but we wanted to provide them with a tool that in their own time, they could level up on some of the introductory and early topics around DEI. What we found is that oftentimes people uh, wanted to know more, but maybe they didn't know where to start. They didn't know how to progress along their journey, and they may not know how to have the conversation with other people. And then one of the big pieces we understand is that people of color are burdened often with having to teach other people around these topics. And so we wanted to find and give a platform that tech workers and other people could simply take and level up on these skills on their own time. And then once they felt like they were comfortable enough, start working with an equity consultant. So do these equity consultants charge for their services? Yes, they do. We, we try to get people to understand that an equity consultant is just like your CPA or your lawyer. It's someone that you should, and you need to pay them for their time and have them come in and understand your, your corporate structure and provide recommendations and strategies around how you can make your workplace a more inclusive environment. And in the same token, the app platform that we're building DEI today, uh, we've set up a subscription model for that so that companies or individuals can pay one subscription and use the app on an ongoing basis to do their own education in their own time. What's your sense, you and Matt, what, what is your sense of the, of the effectiveness of, of the, uh, the app? We sense that it will be effective um, because we're using a commonly known tactic uh, with skills development, which is called microactions. It's built to give people uh, content in a consumable, easily accessible manner that they can take in this new content. And so we feel like it'll give them those introductory topics and skills they need around DEI so they can continue their journey deeper in certain topics um, and also work with equity consultants. And especially with the tech vertical, which is our first industry we're trying to tackle, there is a need for more education in a way that people can take it in and integrate it within their workplace. So we, we sense it'll be very popular. So with DEI, um, 
Is, is there a way for you to evaluate the effectiveness of what you're trying to accomplish? There is. Certain parts of it are complicated. For instance, inclusion. It's hard to really determine how a person feels belonging at their workplace. But what we've done is we've created an equity assessment tool at the beginning of a platform that will help the user understand where they're at and their journey towards equity. And then we've developed different assessments throughout the platform that will continually improve upon so that a person can get a sense of how they're grasping certain contexts. But then we also fall back on our, our, our content contributors, which are many of the equity consultants we work with. They have been doing this work with corporations and nonprofits for a long time and have an understanding of what it looks like for someone to walk along the journey towards equity in their own life or the corporation's life. Well, I know that the pandemic, for example, has had a major impact on the business community. For equity solutions, have your goals had to change as a result of the pandemic? Yes, we have. Um, the statistics are very clear. COVID-19 is wreaking havoc across our entire world um, and our nation, but it's disproportionately affecting black and brown communities and our indigenous American communities. And so our objective has been that through this rebuilding effort that we are part of to make sure that the companies and the nonprofits we work with keep equity at the center. So it's created a sense of urgency within us to make sure that for instance, with our DEI Today platform, that we try to get that out so that as people are making decisions in their companies, they make those decisions in a way that protects the, the diversity and the inclusion that we have tried to build, especially across the state of Colorado. You know, so it's really just, it's made us more um, uh, diligent about getting our message out to people that will hear it. Well, Matt, this is one of our very successful programs but I'll put the same question to you. Has the pandemic had any kind of reflection on changes in the goals of Pledge 1%? Yeah, certainly. I think um, from a high level, there's, there's going to be a number of changes that occur in the nonprofit sector. I think we're going to see funding look a lot differently moving forward. Um, as an organization, I would say, uh, you know, we're doing just fine and, and I'm not necessarily changing the goals of what we're doing, but in that same vein of what Aaron just mentioned about the disproportionate effect of black and brown and uh, our indigenous communities here in America, um, we do have a calling to say that there's more that we can do as an organization to support those communities. Um, the way that I'm, I'm sort of phrasing it to folks is if you think of pledge and especially those pledges that are those long-term equity pledges, it might take seven years for a company to, to, to sell to another company. If you look at that as long-term impact, the way that we're viewing this work uh, with Aaron and DEI today is really near-term impact. So if you can start to make an impact on your community in terms of changing the way that you hire, in terms of changing the way that you think about the culture and who you're bringing on board, then that longer term impact is, is sort of backed up and supported by that. And so I think, you know, there, there, there's a dual pronged approach here and we're thrilled to be working with Aaron. Um, and we're, we're honestly thrilled to, to have an opportunity to do something bigger in this moment. So Aaron, tell us very quickly, 
how are you funded? <laughs> and do you have anything at this point, Aaron, that you want to make sure that our listeners hear before this session is closed? Well, thank you. We are funded primarily by the clients that we work with. So if, if a client wants to hire our team, that is how we're funded. So typically and traditionally a bootstrapped operation. And I'd say to answer your last question, you know, one of the, our worries is that as our world goes back to thinking and looking at other crises or issues is that equity and diversity will kind of be pushed to the back burner. So the one thing I want to call out is that this work is long work. Like Matt mentioned, we've got near-term impact and long-term impact. And as our world continues to move, we sincerely ask people to keep remembering, to keep equity at the center of all your decisions. So when you think about your relationship with the Community Foundation, Aaron, um, has it changed at all? since you started, since you and Matt got together and started your initiative? It has dramatically improved um, from Jeff Hirota, the previous executive director, to Tatiana as the new director. The relationships have deepened. Many people on the board have uh, become allies and partners and friends. Um, and supporters. Um, I've received many calls, many emails from people that are saying, we support your work. What can we do to help? So the Community Foundation's mission of empowering people um, and providing resources uh, and support, I have benefited from that personally. And so, yes, I would say it has greatly improved and um, the future looks even more brighter than the present. Well, that, that gives me a segue, Aaron, what do you worry about today? I worry about two things. I worry about fatigue. Um, the people that are doing this work, specifically the equity consultants that I work with, have a tremendous task to help uh, dismantle systems of oppression and racism in our world. And so I've, I fear fatigue amongst those. And so I try to help support in a way that I can and bring awareness to that. And the other thing I fear is, is the simple you know, nature of humans, which is to go to the next thing. And so I fear that, you know, after the tragedy of um, George Floyd and Maude Arbery and Breonna Taylor, that we'll just look at the next crisis. And I want to make sure those things stay at the forefront um, as we move forward with our world. And are you encouraged? I'm very encouraged, largely because the state of Colorado has some amazing people in it some amazing people of color, some amazing white people, people that are supporters of the Community Foundation. These people that I have the pleasure of working with simply want to do what's best by the people that are most underserved in our state. And it simply is a pleasure to work with them. Well, thank you. Aaron and Matt, we want to thank you for being with us today. And to all of our listening audience, thank you for tuning in to the Community Foundation's monthly program on KGNU's A Public Affair. You can learn more about the Community Foundation of Boulder County at C-O-M-M-F-O-U-N-D.org. On behalf of your Community Foundation, I wish you good health, 
safety. And I hope you'll join us for our next show in August. Have a good day.